Ahoy hoy, all you delightful little ragamuffins. I'm John Miller and this is Everybody Trades. Thank you all for joining me and thank you all for tolerating the fact that I haven't recorded a podcast, well, for a couple weeks or so. And honestly, you know what? I've been, I've been rather busy lately because, well, despite the fact that most people are sitting at home during this COVID-19 thing, and I am as well. I'm spending a lot of time at home. I certainly have plenty to do, plenty to analyze in the stock market. And I also have, well, plenty of podcasts to do over at Locked On Mizzou, where I have five podcasts a week. And well, that takes a little bit of extra creativity and creative energy and time when you have no games to analyze, quite honestly. So that's been a bit of a challenge. So again, thank you all for putting up with my a bit of slightly extended absence, at least more so than usual here on Everybody Trades. So I have a few things I want to talk about today. I mean, first of all, I do want to maybe give a slight mea culpa, just take a, you know, a, a, a bit of piece of, of humble pie here and just say that, well... Maybe I underestimated the coronavirus, the COVID-19 thing, ever so slightly there at the beginning. And I do say ever so slightly. Maybe that's the worst apology of all time, the worst mea culpa of all time. But in all seriousness, no, I, I think I my original comparison to saying, well, you know, comparing it to the flu may have been underestimating the impact a little bit, certainly when I was analyzing the stock market and saying, well, gosh, it seems like we're closer to the bottom than the top. You know, gosh, what did we drop another four or 5,000 points in the Dow after that? So yeah, not exactly the greatest call that I've ever made. But having said that, we have pulled, we have pulled up, pulled the nose up just a tiny bit after that. And I'm still sort of of the same mind that ultimately the people who see, I don't hear a lot of mea culpas from the people who are on the other end of the spectrum who are saying that, my God, there might be three or four million dead in the United States as a result of this thing. Well, it doesn't appear that that's going to happen to me whatsoever. And obviously, that's a good thing. We should all be celebrating and saying, my God, thank goodness. You know, for example, so far we've had, I don't know, 40 something cases here in Boone County, where I'm recording this podcast of the COVID-19 virus. So far, we've had one death. And certainly, I'm not saying, well, that one death, that person's life is meaningless and to heck with them. That's in no way what I'm saying whatsoever. But what I am saying is that, yes, at a certain point, human beings have to live. We all take risks every single day. And without risk, really, there's no living. And I'm not trying to be Mr. Irresponsible, hey, you can't tell me what to do, guy. It's really not about that. I mean, if you think about it, if you go to the ultimate extreme of what I advocate, take it, take a stateless society, a, a society that has no political property, no political borders whatsoever. It's all just privately owned. Every square inch of this country, for example, is privately owned. Well, does that mean you can just go wherever you want and spread the virus willy-nilly? Well, of course not. Because on my property, I have the right to set up a fence, set up a barrier, set up doors, set up cameras. Heck, I have the right to defend my property with defensive force. 
with guns, with with all sorts of different things that can deter people from aggressing upon your property. That's the point. And my whole point of bringing that up is, is well, it's, it's so obviously true that, for instance, I brought up Columbia, I brought up Boone County and their statistics regarding COVID-19. Well, obviously, New York City, it's a little bit more of a serious situation, isn't it? We can all recognize that. Well, that doesn't affect my philosophy whatsoever. I've never been, well, everything is equal guy. So let's all let people decide what type of measures that they think are necessary to combat this virus. Clearly, almost all of us are are taking serious measures on it. Heck, I've never I've never used Purell, for instance, in my entire life. And while I've used it recently and discovered that yes, Purell in fact smells like pure gasoline. So that's that's an that's a revelation to me. The bottom line is, at least as far as the stock market goes, you know, I think my original premise of okay, we've got another couple years of the bubble inflating here, I, I really think that would have happened. And I do think my thing of, well, Trump's probably 80, 85% chance to, to win the election. I think that was accurate. I think it would have been accurate if this whole COVID-19 crisis didn't happen, this whole panic. But now, really, quite honestly, all bets are off when it comes to the election. I'd say it's it's 50-50 Trump wins, really, at best at this point. Because I name me a president that has survived a massive recession. You know, maybe maybe the United States will snap back quickly enough before the November election that any sort of economic effects, any sort of stock market effects, maybe it won't hit Trump as much. But really, I, I think really all the election stuff is off the table. I, but more importantly, I do think it's important, again, this is all from the stock market's perspective, I think it's important that Joe Biden is considered the leader right now instead of Bernie Sanders, because quite honestly, again, regardless of what you think about politics, Bernie Sanders is bearish for the market. So maybe you think that's a good thing for society, blah, blah, blah. Don't care. What I'm talking about right in this moment is whether I think that makes the stock market go up or down, whether you should put your money in gold or the stocks or or whatever sort of investment it might be. That's the sort of thing that I'm analyzing right now. But honestly, what we've learned in this period is, is regardless of who is elected in the 2020 presidential election, I mean, my God, we've got a presidential, we've got a Republican quote unquote president who ostensibly the Republicans are supposed to be for smaller government, right? That's, that's what we're all led to believe. And yet here we are, We've got a $2 trillion spending bill that has been put in place that Donald Trump is all for and everything. And well, regardless of, again, what, what you think about spending a bunch of money, the role of government to take massive expenditures to bail out businesses, my, the, the obvious question is, is a, a country that is already $20 trillion plus in debt, plus hundreds of trillions of dollars in unfunded liabilities, where do they get this $2 trillion? Well, in the past, the answer might have been 
They'd get it from the Chinese government, who'd steal it from their people in one way or another, or various other governments around the world, because it was assumed that, well, gee, the United States, if they're going to lend you money, they'll definitely give it back to you and more. What a great investment, right? That's what all Americans are to believe when they buy treasury bills, for instance. But the reality is, all of these countries themselves Almost all of them are facing debt. Almost all of them are facing crunches, the same type of crunches that the United States is facing with the COVID-19 crisis. So what wealth are they going to find to just, you think they're going to be really willing to lend the United States government money right now? I find that a little bit hard to believe. And you know what? It seems like I'm not a fan of raising taxes by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm even less of a fan of massive, 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 unending government expenditures. And that's what we have right now. You see, the thing is, if you contrast this with, you know, World War II was considered a huge existential crisis, as many people consider the COVID-19 crisis. This is literally, to some people, an existential crisis. Well, what did we do in World War II as a government, as a society? Well, it wasn't, the thought wasn't, hey, everybody needs to keep going on as they have been before so we can keep this this business cycle going. No, that wasn't the thought whatsoever. The thought was, no, we're going to all have to stop going out to eat. We're we're all going to have to sacrifice massively right now. Because guess what? The Nazis and the the Japanese, blah, 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 whatever you think about World War II, this was the mentality. And the bottom line is, is tons of money was spent by the government, but also people's taxes were raised too. Because back then, there was still the tie to the gold standard. The Federal Reserve was not able to just simply print unlimited amounts of money. So therefore... You had to get money, you had to get wealth that was used to fight World War II. That was ultimately taken from people in the present with real money. Whereas if you're the Federal Reserve and you print money, essentially what you're doing is is you're stealing from future generations and from people who don't hold assets, the poorer Americans, poorer people in this country. So all you're doing, if you're a wealth inequality person, That's all you're doing is increasing wealth inequality quite dramatically with this bill. And quite honestly, here's another thought I'd like to give to the GOP, the Republican Party right now, which obviously, again, this $2 trillion thing, you know, obviously, if you're going to tell me that you're the party of of small government, that's very, very questionable on its face immediately. But here's another thing. You know, sometimes in the past, while I'm certainly not a Republican, I'm a libertarian guy, I'm for non-aggression, for zero aggression, politically speaking and individually speaking, of course, against all people. I don't believe that aggression is good in any form, in any sense. But I will say this, I've in the past I've said the whole meme of, oh, re- Democrats just like to assume that Well, you know, Democrat voters or whatever, they like to assume that, well, gee, the Republicans, they're all racist or whatever. And I'm just like, that just seems a little bit too simplistic, doesn't it? But I will say, when you put down a $2 trillion 
bailout bill that in large part, yeah, sure, some Americans get $1,200 a piece plus their kids, whatever it is. But, you know, if you listen to a lot of Republican voters and politicians, but especially voters, they're very much against welfare for poor people. And a lot of those poor people are obviously black, right? So if you're a black person who happens to be on welfare in this country, and you're seeing Republicans saying, hey, you all need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And in fact, welfare, it actually takes away a bit of your humanity. Well, there may be, there's an argument to that that I happen to agree with on some level. But here's the problem with that. If you're on the other hand, if you're the GOP and you're saying, "Well, guess what? Here's a bunch of welfare for Boeing. Here's a bunch of welfare for all these gigantic corporations that are led by old white men, quite honestly, that are extremely wealthy. They're the ones who are getting welfare." Well, I'm sorry if I'm a black person who is maybe on welfare, maybe has been on welfare in my life or maybe I'm just a Democratic voter, whatever it might be, I can absolutely see why that person, if I'm in their shoes, why they would say that's racist. Because obviously, yes, the big government, guess what, is favoring the big white guys. It's it's favoring big money. Frankly, regardless of who is in charge, it's favoring big money, big interest, because that's what everybody wants at the end of the day. It just so happens that because of the structure of this country historically that, yes, these old rich white guys happen to be in charge of your Boeing-type companies and what have you. I'm just saying if you're the GOP, if you're a Republican, be consistent. You can't say that poor people deserve nothing from the government, from the central plan, from that big kitty that we all throw into in terms of taxes, right? You can't simultaneously say that they deserve nothing, but then also say, oh, well, we need to bail out these great American companies, quote unquote, like Boeing. Well, all that is is corporate welfare. And in my book, welfare is welfare. And the thing is, yeah, the problem with welfare in the government sense, it's about force, right? It's about me aggressing upon you and taking money from you to give it to another person, right? Now, there's the psychological other side of the human dynamic of welfare, right? But I'm basically talking about political aggression. At the same time, I acknowledge, and boy, am I going on long here, but (laughs) at the same time, I do acknowledge there is very much the psychological dynamic of, say, hey, a father, a mother who gives their son, their daughter a bunch of money, inherited or otherwise, or just huge allowances, whatever it might be. Yeah, that can be stifling as much as any sort of government welfare plan can be, certainly to somebody's ambition, their work ethic. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, that 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 is not political aggression. Now, that may be a behavior that we as human beings should stifle, but again, there's lots of behaviors that human beings that, that we should stifle, arguably, that don't fall under the legal code. That's the deal. See, don't forget, in a court of law, the burden of proof is always on the state. So to me, in any situation, anytime there's political aggression, 
the burden of proof should always be on the state, 100%. And that includes taxation, forcible welfare benefits, wealth redistribution, whatever it might be. So with all that being said, my goodness, I hope all that made sense. That felt like about five or six different thoughts that I hope melded together. But if not, give me another shot. Because you know what? We'll be back next time on Everybody Trades. (laughs) 